we are for another episode of Lisa Ann's Backstage Convos. And today I bring you a friend. We meet people in life for many reasons, for inspiration, for motivation, for laughter. Joanna Angel encompasses everything you could ever want in all of your favorite people combined in one beautiful Aww. spirit and human. Joanna, thanks for joining me today. I'm going to cry. That's a really beautiful statement. It's Thank true. you. Thank and you. And I'm so glad that we live closer and we're starting to see each other more. But you I are. I know. Thank you. I'm I'm so glad. Um, I'm so glad that you love this city. Yes. You know, and um, yeah. And I and there's so much we can uh, do I think together. we both, yeah. you know, you know Joanna from the industry, uh, a savvy businesswoman who really flipped a company, which is something nobody really does in this industry. Now hosting a podcast with her husband, Aaron, you may know as Small Hands, uh, runs marathons. Let's not forget <laughs> about that big one. Has been an author multiple times as well. Joanna, all the things that you've been involved in, and now you're here in New York with this whole new life, right? It, you, it, you feel different. You're not sitting in traffic. You're not. What's been the most dynamic thing about this big, cross-country move for you um you know it's it's been really surreal like I always I always love New York always um and you know in in our jobs we get to travel everywhere um and no matter where I've gone I've always said like that you know I just I love New York it's my favorite city in the world you know um I always it's like New York has always been this place where it's like I was always almost there. It was almost like this uh, tease. I, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, so people are always like, oh, you're from New York, what part? And, and I always say, I'm from the part of New York called New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and see, there's the laughter, because yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. Joanna and I were in Miami in July, and we got into this conversation about us being the two people that are aggressively using ChatGPT. Oh my god! And I love oh the fact god. that you use ChatGPT to get jokes. Yeah, all the time. I don't even. <laughs> what joke did I even ask? You asked it something about me, and it was so funny. Yes, the response. I don't even remember what it was. I ask ChatGPT like questions every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because I use ChatGPT to like write my title and my description <laughs> for my podcast, to write my social media posts. Did you? I never thought about using it for fun shit, and then you turned me onto this yeah yeah the other day my one of my friends is pregnant and i asked chat gbt what they should name their child <laughs> i'm sending them screenshots i don't know you know it, <laughs> they're gonna kick me off one day as it's famous as you are and as well as everybody thinks they know you from the many years that you've been in front of the camera and doing all these appearances i'm not sure everybody knows how fucking funny you are thank you thank you I, that really actually means a lot to me i always I, I do love to make people laugh. And even when I'm going through like a stressful time, I think anyone in my life knows the best way to cheer me up is like, let's let's laugh about it. You know, um, it's Agreed. always been my source of of uh, healing um, is laughter. Uh, I mean, it's the best approach. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you can laugh at pain, you know, it, you can kind of it just has you kind of deal with the world in um different ways in a lighthearted way yeah yeah but um yeah I so I did I grew up in New Jersey and I always wanted to like move to New York I remember I wanted to go to NYU um and um it was just 
know, insanely expensive. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't wind up going there. And I wound up going to Rutgers. I came into New into the city all the time. You know, I lived in northern New Jersey growing up. My dad worked in New York City. I would sometimes, I don't know, you know, he, he showed me how to use the subway at a young age. I'd take the bus to Port Authority. I knew the, the whole MTA system. You know, I would go to see shows, like a lot of bands and stuff like that because well, he worked in, in the building school. right across from the new York public did. library yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy well, by bryant park Growing like up. the prettiest place yeah, yeah the, the the slanty building the slanty the building grace, that stands out that you see in movies you're like i know exactly where they are yeah by the library yeah, my dad used, used to work there yeah, he used to work there and i would you know sometimes go with him to work and yeah he would be like okay well here's how like he would show me like maps and be like here's where you can go and hang out which is crazy think about it kind of a different time then but it guess, was a different time, but also it made you fiercely independent. Yeah, yeah. And not afraid to be out walking in the city and we by didn't yourself. even have cell phones or anything back then, you know? Um, and then I went to school at Rutgers, and then I just was very like, okay, after I graduate, I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to move to New York. And then um, I did wind up moving to Brooklyn for like, like a few years, but... Um, as my career kind of took off, I wound up, you know, going back and forth all the time from New York to LA and New York to LA. And I, I never liked LA. Um, it's like, I was so happy when I made it to Brooklyn and then it's like, I had to keep leaving and I to had to keep leaving. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I kept trying to make it work and in, you know, in its origins, Burning Angel was like a very New York centric company. We shot movies and it just, but over time it just became, inconvenient and and silly um and new york and the the rents you pay and um uh it's not like a city like like if you live in tallahassee or yeah pittsburgh or um, something where you can like have a an affordable rent and and not be home very often you know like if you're paying a new york price to live you like want to be there you want to be there yeah. and you want to be part of the like the Making like, friends and getting right, out, in yeah. Restaurants. I know, and and when I when I realized I was at the point where I was home for maybe you know five six days a month, I was like I'm I you know it's time to go. I was very like I always you know was like I'm I'm gonna be back one day. I'm gonna be back one day. Like this is where I want to be. Um and um and and at a certain point that started to seem very unrealistic. You know, being a director yeah. and. Just everything I did was just so intertwined with the L.A. porn community. Right. And every time I'd go back to New York, I would be I'd be so sad. Like, I mean, I would I would really look forward to dancing at Sapphire, you know, and I would try to stretch the trip out as much as possible. Um, when me and, you know, my now husband when uh, first started dating, very first started dating and we started to get close. I even said to him, like. Um, I need to take you to New York. Like, you won't really know me until we go to New York City together. Like, and he, he said it made sense. Like, on the way home, he's like, I understand you so much better now. You know, like, you're not a California person. No. Like, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I lived in L.A. for many years. I, I wound up buying a house there. And once I did that, I was like, you know, I'm probably never going to move back to New York. But I can always go. I can always go. And then... You know, over COVID, the, everything just changed. And after I sold my company and just my whole life changed. And at a certain point, I realized I don't have to be here anymore. Um, and this is a place I came to for work and to accomplish certain things. And those things are, are done. Um, so I now live about 
half a mile away from where I lived 13 years ago, 14 years ago, okay? And when I first came back, it's so weird. It feels like I left the house to go to work. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and now I'm home, you know? And it really, it almost feels like, and I'm going to some of the same bars and restaurants and even seeing some of the same people, wow. you know, some of the few that still live here that I used to see 13, 14 years so ago. Comforting. And it feels like I blinked and had a really weird dream that I became a porn star. <laughs> block away yeah only a block it's away it's like i'm right back where i started you know it's like i went around to just come right back you know and, and you know what you said there it feels very surreal about you know and it's almost like i'm just never going to be a real grown-up or something you know and i almost was a real grown-up in la i had <laughs> i had a home a i had a driveway <laughs> i was like i can't believe i'm moving from a four-bedroom home in the suburbs <laughs> to a, a, an apartment with no washing machine and my 40s <laughs> <laughs> but it, even crazier I had the same so I, I made my transition of maybe a year before you and I had that same thing I was sitting at the park across from my place one day and I'm like you moved here to get in the business yeah like all your friends live other places and when you're in New York my little studio apartment that was so tiny like a little hotel room I was happier than when I was in my yeah. whole house yeah. and I was like okay this is a real and it just hit me like that like you're Mission is accomplished, and now you get to be somewhere where you're inspired. You've always been inspired by New York. I've always been inspired by New York. It always kind of just, like, made me feel okay to be a weirdo, you know? Like, grown-ups here don't act like real grown-ups. Um, actually, Lisa, I really do remember uh, over COVID, I was doing um, uh, weekly interviews on the Fleshlight um yeah. Instagram. Yep. And I do remember when I was interviewing you and you were in your New York apartment over COVID. And I, I do remember being like very like jealous, you know, like jealous in the sense I was like, and I, I think other people felt this way. I actually remember reading an article about it. Um, I felt like when I would read everything about the, the chaos here over COVID and I'm just like in the suburbs where it almost felt like it wasn't happening. It almost felt like it wasn't happening, which to some people sounded like a blessing, you know, aside from like the supermarket being like pretty weird, like, you know, like it just, it, it's like I would cry when I would see um, people banging on pots and pans, you know, at 6 PM. And it yeah. just, it really felt like, I felt like I was like, like missing out, missing out on something. You, even if it was just to be here and complain about it or something, but because um, it really feels like a community in the city that's yeah. very different. Everybody's very connected. Even if you take normal walks and you walk by a building where there's like a door guy or somebody that's outside, you become friendly with strangers in New York. You do not do that in LA. I know. I never talked to my neighbors. Oh, we all talk to each other. Ever. It's like a dorm in my building. You, are you free yeah. for a half an hour for tea? Yes. Let's sit out on my patio. Yeah. Should I come to your apartment? You come into mine and. I have a whole route that I walk to the post office. That I know every single door guy's name at the building next to the post office. And I stop and chat. Yeah. Something you do here. I know. You're just so much more human connected when you're walking. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, taking a subway or taking a bus. There's I, just something. There's something very just mentally healthy, I think, for me, of um, just being somewhere, you know, or like, like to walk and do errands and to to just, I don't know, to walk somewhere to get my coffee. I love it. You know, and some people, I just feel like 
dream of a life um, where they have lots and lots of space and they're alone, you know? And I get it. That's totally... Yeah. And I thought that was my dream. I you think know? in LA, we... You start think to convince yourself. You want to have yeah. a lot of space because everybody else does and you feel yeah. like you need to get away from everybody. So you're going to have your own yard, your own space. Right. Then you're like, I use barely any of all of this. I, I realized when I was moving, like extra bedrooms, you know, just means an extra storage yes. room and like yeah, I felt closet like to fill. an ex yeah and I, I realized when I was moving like and getting rid of stuff there's so much stuff I just don't use that just starts accumulating like it's very I think it's healthy for my form of ADD to be in a in a place where it's like if I don't use something here it's got to go whatever it's got to it go is. and yeah. when you're in an apartment what I love too about not having as much space I find it easier to keep tidy oh completely because you can't leave shit out you can't it'll look a mess I know it I will know. look a mess if you just and, a couple you know of things what? but if it is a mess it can be clean in, in an 30 hour. minutes yeah. okay it's I can see everything from my and arm's reach if you lose something you can find you can it. find it you can find it there's only so many places it can be if you lose something in a house like it's gone you just have to buy a new one yeah, whatever whatever it is, whatever it is. <laughs> if it's a shirt <laughs> things get lost in the laundry you know whatever it is um, you moved here yourself with, with and you're married you bring your husband, who I feel is so Brooklyn and is so he, in his he element really here. Is a, in, yeah, look, people are like, wow, he's like, this is going to be a big change for him. I'm like, L.A. wasn't his home. Um, San Diego was his home. You know, he moved to L.A. for me and really, you know, when his porn career was taking off, too. Um, L.A. was never a place that, you know, was home. But San Diego was his home. And I... They're, look, San Diego and New York are very different, but they're but they're both cities. And Where I you feel can walk like there, yeah. yeah, you know. And I felt like when we first started dating, his life in San Diego was similar to a New Yorker's, with just much different weather. You know, <laughs> many more seasons. Yes, <laughs> but it um, has. It's the perfect fit for him. And now you and him have embarked on something new. You went from performing together and doing movies together, which you still shoot for your OnlyFans yeah, for and do only things. Fans and stuff. But yeah. you now host a podcast. We host a podcast. As a couple. Yeah. Tell us about it. I it, love it. So I've been a guest. Yeah. Absolutely been a loved guest. it. Did not know that we were going to have some conspiracy issues oh over a post, but makes okay, perfect for sense. For the record, <laughs> you were in the first MILF movie in, in porn. porn. Yes. In Even porn. though Stifler did yes, say it, I, Stifler's mom, the thing, but okay. you were talking about porn. Yes. I was talking about porn. I think that was pretty clear. It was very clear. Yeah. 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 Like, like Jennifer Coolidge doesn't have to be offended. You right. Know? No one has like to be she offended. was not, you know, in like she didn't like have sex with the When pool I went guy. to look at that person <laughs> that left that message, I couldn't find them because I realized, oh, I blocked that person a long time ago, most likely because they've left a ton of weird comments under my shit too. So Yeah, it yeah. was very strange. What's um, this been like anyway. for you two going in and preparing to do a podcast, which is Similar, you're on camera, you're talking, but your flow is so good together. And that's what I think the chemistry of a couple that knows each other's cadence, one sense of humor, the other. What's it been like for you two, like on your conversations after you do an interview? You know, sometimes it took a little bit. We actually have a few episodes that we shot that went in the trash at first. I think it is hard to have a co-host that you know very well because sometimes it's like, 
it's like you want to tell a story, but you're like, you know this story. Why am I telling you this story? So I've actually found that both of us like save things <laughs> to not tell each other till the podcast. You know, sometimes we'll now be talking at home and it's like, oh, today I, you know what? I'm going to save. save it, you know, um, <laughs> I love because that so it, much. we don't want it to be like ungenuine but then well, yeah we also... it's like when somebody starts catching up with you that's coming in and you're like no 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 save that for the podcast yeah. they start telling you too much the second time it's not gonna be as good exactly exactly so I don't want to um do that and yeah it it's been good I think we've had to learn I, I guess the number one complaint everybody's like oh you keep stop talking over people that's just you know what I do sometimes but you know I get excited sometimes and I realize like I you'll get to, a lot of that you get a yeah, lot of feedback everybody like that. likes to to comment on that I have found because I've been reading a lot of comments on podcasts oh. now and I'm like you know people always antagonize uh women when they talk over someone on a podcast but they never do it to men and like men do the same thing but it, there's just something about the world where like it's not okay for a woman to talk too much but it, like a man that talks too much it's okay I've just something I've realized across the board a it's also thing, in sports Oh, really? Yeah, there'll be one female anchor on a show with like four men. It'll be a live stream and I'll be reading the comments. And it's only when she over talks me while the guys are yelling on top of each other all the time and they pick her out of the crowd. Yeah. And I'm like, why? It's like, it's like women are just supposed to, you know, be quiet. And, and it's not, it's like other women do it too. They're not going to insult the man. They're only going to insult the woman, you know? And I, I've, I've realized this in podcasts Across the board, I started reading just comments on Smart. on lots of different podcasts, and it just seems to be very common. But I'm not saying I don't interrupt people. I know I interrupt people, and and anytime, look, when people leave comments, good or bad, I always I always listen to them, especially now. You know, when the podcast is still growing, you know, there's not like thousands of comments. Right. Like I can still you know read through them. It's healthy um, feedback. Yeah, and and people are genuinely listening to it. You know, and um. It's been really fun. Um, I think the podcast world is very exciting right now. Um, I do too. It's been, uh, you know, I think there's been a lot of really cool, unique things happening at this time that have really integrated um, porn with the mainstream world. You know, like you've been in the industry a long time. Uh, longer than me, you know, you're there before me. Um, and uh, I've been in the industry a long time. And, and this is a very, very unique uh, era where Agreed. the industry is not even really the industry. You know what I mean? It's like the world, like, yeah. you know? And, and I, I've really enjoyed, I mean, in the past year or so, it's like I will go on trips and I will shoot content with other creators, you know, that have never stepped on a porn set. And they are like more popular yeah. or a as popular as like all the biggest stars. Like that's like crazy. It's, it's unheard of. Yeah. You know? They can get famous from their Instagram. They can mm -hmm. get famous for YouTube. They can TikTok. Like there's so many yeah. more mediums now to get yourself out there. And what I think is great about podcasts is I've become fans of people that I never knew existed, or maybe I knew they existed, but whether it was a joke that they told or their lighthearted energy, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this person. Like, I'm going to yeah. follow this person. Oh, I'm going to support all of their stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to make sure I like their posts and see what they're up to. And supporting stuff is about 
also helping people raise money for good causes, which is something you do every year when you run the New York Marathon. Yeah, this is going to be my second year running the New York Marathon. I can't believe it's coming up so soon. It's November, right? Yeah. It's Exotica weekend, It right? is Exotica weekend. Um, so I'm only going to go to Exotica on Friday. Smart. You yeah. still get to be there. I know. I was going to do Friday and Saturday, and, and I'm like, no. what? <laughs> because of me, I'm so scatterbrained. I forgot to sign up for my, like, ferry time and I, I signed up late and now the only time left is 5 a.m. You know, I'm like, okay. Um, it's okay. Yeah, but um, it also you don't want to be on your feet all day before a marathon. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So I'm just going to do Friday at Exotica and then I'll have Saturday um, to do my marathon preparation, eat some pasta and stuff. But I am fundraising. All the money goes to um, breast cancer research, um, Team Baldwin. Um, you can read all about it. It's uh, it's in the all my links are at myjoanna.com and links to anything. Um, links to my podcast, links to uh, the books that I wrote, links to oh, we're my to marathon that. fundraiser. So that means everybody, the exotica date is Friday, November 3rd, but most likely you're gonna see Joanna before that. That's gonna be Saturday, October 28th, yes. because Joanna is gonna be right here at Sapphire 39. Exactly. And I'm gonna come dressed for Halloween, something I have not done in years, and really? I am gonna do it. I haven't. Oh I don't, God. I don't, unless I do an event, I really don't leave the house on Halloween. I'm very afraid of people. You know this about me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. And when they put masks on, I'm twice no, afraid. No, no, I mean, you know. Like but here I'll feel know. safe, so yeah, yeah I'm going to come, come in. Come to Sapphire. Yeah, I'm going to, I have a costume that I'll wear on stage, you know, we can, you're, you're I'm dying some... to get somebody to go as Mr. and Mrs. Met. I love, they're my favorite mascots in the New York area. I love mascots. Like, you know, wear that big baseball head. I've looked up the costumes. They're not cheap. And you got to find a partner that wants to go with you. You know what I mean? Lisa, but that would be super cute it. in here for me to walk in with the big baseball. Okay, I, back back to you. Yeah, I'll be like, what? what? So what you are, all can remember <laughs> to donate. You've got time. Yeah, you've got time. How do you prepare for a marathon? Oh, you know, you get up and run. Um, you got it. That's it. You, just, you don't train you beforehand because you're running regularly now. I'm running regularly. Yeah. I mean, look, if you, there's different goals for people if you're trying to like qualify if you're trying to like hit a certain time which I'm not doing any of that I mean this is something I do for fun I don't even consider it like a race because I'm like I'm not going to try to win, win. <laughs> like I'm not trying to win I'm not going I'm not going to be anywhere close to a winner uh, you know like for me it just feels like a group run you know like a big group run that kind of feels like a like a big weird party where every kind of person is there you know you've got there was an old older couple um and that, see i'm in um uh, corral five or wave five that's like that's where not you're the first timers or whatever okay. you know the, that's fair the the non-athletes right. you know whatever like the first wave is all the the olympic you know whatever and then as people the, that travel around and do them everywhere well, no, people who like are sponsored by nike okay, and gotcha. stuff yeah that the people that travel around and do whatever yeah then like time qualifiers, but anyway, I'm in the one where it's like, and everyone else, <laughs> whoever, and you just get the most insane group of people. Like I remember before the marathon started and, and we're all like running in a group. There was an older couple there. I think they were in their, you know, later seventies and they just walk it every year. Aww. They just walk it. They say it takes them like seven or eight hours and they just walk. They just, they just hold hands and walk. And that I'm is like, so I started cute. Crying. Yeah. And they said they do it every year. And it's gotta be really social for <laughs> I, them because walking, yeah. they get, everybody's going to pass them. Yeah. So everybody yeah. chats with them. 
Yeah, I know. I, I'm like gonna cry just thinking about it. And then I had another guy in like a tutu, like juggling, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. There's a guy that ran the marathon. He wasn't in mine. I mean, I wish I passed him, but he ran it with a pineapple on his head. <laughs> Do you know the whole marathon? No. He ran it with a pineapple. He's like a celebrity. You can look him up. I, he, apparently, he's gonna do it this year with a watermelon. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. There's like, you know, there's people doing it with with photos on their shirt of, of you know a relative or friend Someone who passed away. For, you know, yeah. oh, like somebody who just lost fifty pounds and this is their like final thing. You know, like there's just every kind of person doing it. You know, and um. Somebody said, and you're a sports person, so you will appreciate this. When I was training and you start to meet other runners and runners are all strange people, um, you know, all different kinds of people. I remember uh, like a, a one of the heads of a running group I ran with, um, he said, this is the only like athletic event where uh, amateurs are like doing the same exact thing and have the same exact track as professionals. Like sure. imagine if everyone who liked football could play the Super Bowl, you know? Sure. Sure. <laughs> you're just running behind them. But yeah. you're you're doing the same thing. You're all running the same the same route. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. doing the same exact thing. They're just doing it a lot faster than you. So this is like the one sport where everybody's where that could everybody's exist. welcome. Everybody's welcome to just come in and do it, you know? When you think about that, like and you have, you know, people who are literal, you know, Olympic athletes and this is their job they run you know for a living people pay them to do it to, to everything and, and that's that's pretty crazy when you think of it um it's a very social thing like is, a lot of yeah. people like i have a girlfriend that goes not to run but she just likes to be one of the cheerers on the side oh, because well, there's forever my, people there yeah my dad used to take me to see the new york marathon growing up and i used to be like why are we cheering for strangers <laughs> that are and now you love those people now, yeah but you know you get really excited yeah. there's very good like marathon day in New York City is like the happiest I energy. Agree. You know, you've got. I I talked to a guy. I met him somewhere along the way. You know, you just you start like running next to people and you're with them for like like a half mile or so, and then you you might meet up with them again later. And this um, isn't something you did when you were in California. No, no. You know, and I actually would go. First of all, running in California, especially in the valley, like you're passing what you're passing like. Um, very little. That Here's the thing. When I was training for the marathon, you just run all over New York. I feel like I have run everywhere you can possibly yeah. go in New York because you're trying to find. New York is, New York City is small. Yeah. So you need to start doing, you know, in training, like you start running 10, 15, 17, 18 miles. Like it's hard to find 18 miles to do. So you're really like weaving in and out. Yeah. 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 You're just like, going okay, over the I'm going to go over this bridge. I'm yep. gonna, you know what? I'm going to go to this side of Queens before. I've never seen it. I've run... Very, like all the outskirts of Brooklyn, all the outskirts of, of Queens. That's you a know, great way to learn your way it around. Really, yeah, and you really see everything. And I just, you know, it's like I'm so in love with New York. Like I, I remember one day running. I have this one route that I like to go to. Where I just run over the Williamsburg Bridge, and then I go all the way through the Lower East Side, through the East Village, you know, to uh, to like where Central, you know, around the Central Park, and then I go over the Queensboro Bridge, okay. and then I loop all the way back to Brooklyn, you know. Beautiful. Yeah, and it, it's like 12 miles or something, and um, I remember like, what other city, like, in a, in a 10-mile radius can you pass, like, everything from, like, you could live your whole life in these 10 miles. Yeah. Like, you could be born, go to school, 
have a job, you know, you, you could like be there's arenas, there's all yeah. kinds of things, there's theaters. And you know, I don't think there's anywhere in LA where you could consistently run like that without either running into a dead end because there's a freeway, right? Um, an area that you wouldn't feel safe running in, a surface that didn't like here. It's we have sidewalks, mm -hmm. we have some paths by the water, but there are a lot of runners here because you see it regularly. There are people yeah. that just make their own way, they don't need to go in Central Park, they're just like no. on the streets, they're doing their thing. I like running through the streets and to start my run in like Brooklyn and to like, then you're running through like, you're running past like the Fendi and Cartier store yeah. in the Upper East Side. And then you're running past like all these like small, like bodegas. bodegas. Yeah. It's just like, you really, I, you, I mean, I run like past the UN, like it's yeah. so crazy. You're just like, no, I'm just running past the UN today. And like, so this has been, so been something really else that you added into your life here. It's something that you can do whenever you want. You're not held back by weather. You know, I mean, look, you're not gonna go out there when it's pouring like it was last weekend, but when, yeah. you're on, when you're in New York, you deal with the weather. You deal with the weather, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I hope like, you know, a few people have told me there's there's always that one year where it rained on the marathon. I'm like, oh, that would really suck. Well, you know, if it does, it does. It's not know? ideal. It's not ideal. But that you're not alone annoying. in it. Yeah. Everybody else is dealing with Everybody it too. Everybody else is dealing with it. It drizzled a little bit last year and it was actually very nice. Refreshing. Like, oh, okay. I was like, I'll take it. Nice. And it's but, at a good time of the year. Yeah. Because it's not too cold yet. It's definitely not yeah. hot. Yeah. So you'll get nice fall weather. You mentioned your books. Oh, yeah. You've written two. I've written two. It's so weird. It feels like a different lifetime ago that I wrote them. Because it was a long time ago. I yeah. can still picture me sitting for the first one in front of my fireplace in Studio City doing my cover to cover read and texting you that I was doing the cover to cover read. Thank Where you. did your writing come from? And do you think you'll write again? <laughs> um, I mean, I, so, I mean, I am like, I guess writing all the time in some way or another. Um, I was always... A writer. I mean, that was what I, I guess when you asked me if, if you would have met me in high school and you said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd be like, a writer. I used to go to a lot of like writing courses. I used to actually like have, um, I used to go to like open mic nights and like, sp like do poetry and stuff. I love this you know? so much. Yeah, I used to do that when I was in high school and sometimes in college too. Um, I was part of all these writing clubs and cre creative writing was my like concentration. I actually remember I had like a, my English teacher was, you know, I guess like a mentor, you know, and, I, and he had written some books and I was like, I want to be a writer. What should I do? You know, like after college or whatever. And he's like, you know, the best way to, he's like, if you just try to be a writer, like you're not going to have anything to write about. He's like, you should just go out and live Aww. and then you'll be able to write. And I was like, well, that really fucks up my plan. <laughs> but that was... Really Beautiful good. advice. Yeah. Do you remember Judy Bloom? Yeah. Okay, course, so yeah. we read all of her books yeah. when we were younger. <laughs> so during the pandemic, the first thing I did was signed up for Masterclass because they had like an unlimited, oh, yeah, you could buy she, one, get yeah. one. So I gave one to Kay. I'm like, let's start watching all of these. And she had like a six-part series on being a writer. So I was like, first I'm going to read, I'm going to watch all the writer ones, right? And she talked about the fact that if you're in a city like New York and you've got on headphones and you're not paying attention to your surroundings, you'll never be a good writer. She would sit at a diner and just watch all the people's conversations going on yeah. and always had a notebook with her and would be writing notes for these stories that she was planning on telling and how she was going to build it. It was fantastic watching her but it's true she talks all about people you have to live life and you have to be experiencing yes. life to write yeah it's true and like really everything I all the characters I had came from you know different people I met over the years and 
and stuff like that. Um, you know, people keep asking me, like, when are you going to write a biography? And, like, I, I don't. I don't know if I'd want to do that, you know? I, I liked writing fiction, and I feel like in You're this, really good at writing fiction. I enjoyed it. Um, it's fun for you. I, I feel like in this line of work, I mean, we do, especially with the podcast and being on social media, like, we do spend a lot of time talking about ourselves, and yeah. it's like, I don't really want to sit down and talk about myself. And I feel like at this point, I'm like, I've told a lot of stories. I know everybody I've done a lot of hear. interviews. Everybody knows how I got in the business. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. And like, you know what? You guys want to really, you know, I feel like if I was going to do that, I would want to be like, like, oh, you know, like in my 80s or something as like a last, you know, whatever. Who knows? Um, but I but you're you love writing fiction because you're such a good storyteller. And that's not something everybody else is good at. And, you know, it's funny you just said that about talking about ourselves. This is why I love sports so much, because when I watch these games, Nothing matters about me. Yeah. You know, yeah, that guy got injured healthy. and then it hurts my emotions because I have him on one of my teams and so I'm emotional. Like it gives me all the feels, but none <laughs> of it is about me. And no, that's great. It's an outlet for me. Yeah. It's like Sundays from 1 p.m. till 10 p.m. I am like on my big on chair what doing. Yeah. watching everybody else's shit. I don't I, think about myself once. I don't look at Twitter. I don't do any of that. And it feels good. Yeah. I, it uh, And I that's why I uh, enjoyed writing fiction. And, and your know. two books were titled... I know it's so funny. I said one of the titles wrong. So it was Night Shift and uh, Club 42. Night Shift and Club 42. And where can people get them? They can get them on Amazon. And they are choose your own adventure erotic novels. And they are amazing. And if they buy one on Amazon, would you sign it if they brought it to see you on October 28th at Sapphire 39? Of course. I I would absolutely do that. And yeah, and at Exotica or anywhere. It's, It's cool. I feel like every Exotica or, you know, signing that I do at an adult show, there will always be like, like two people that bring the book, you know, and they're really special to me. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, like there's always like a lot of people, they bring those stacks of pictures, they bring, you know, DVDs, right. they bring all sorts of stuff. A book is stuff, different. A book it's is so personal. So I get, when I see the person online holding the book, I'm like, yes. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's you know? it's a different. It's, it's a different. We have a different relationship. Yeah. And for me, it's like my neighbor was just in my office because I did this big project in there last weekend, and she came in to check it out, and she saw all of my shipping material in my closet. She's like, "How often do you ship?" I said, "Well, I probably fill a book order a day, you know, like five six days a week." Right. And she's like, "You do it yourself?" I go. It is the least profitable thing I do, but it is the most joy. Every step I take walking to the post office and dropping it in and saying happy reading as I put it. There's just something about somebody wanting to read what you wrote. Yeah. That feels it so feels personal. Very special. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really like, special. It, I mean, it made me really just every time I'm in a bookstore or even in the airport passing books, I'm like, God, even like. Like, it's a lot of work to write a book. It is, it is. definitely the most undervalued form of entertainment. It is. You know? I mean, it's the writer's strike, you know? Like, like people, like, it took me a year to write each of those books. I mean, that's two years of my life, you know? And uh, most people, I, you know, take more than that. Like, that's... It's so but you much developed work, a yeah. lot of characters, and, yeah. and it's also something where you've got to be hyper focused. Like when you're writing, you can't just dabble at it for 30 minutes and then no. go do something else. So, like for me, when I was writing my first one, I knew if I had other projects going on, I just wouldn't get to it that day. Yeah. Because my yeah. head had to be in it. It was something that I really wanted oh, yeah. to be in that specific. I mean, the last like four months, 
both times, which of course I procrastinate everything. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I had a year. Okay. I had a year to write both books. I didn't really start them until about. (laughs) But you got them done. That's the thing. It doesn't matter. You know, but yeah, the last four months, both times, it was like, it was like I was living, nobody saw me, you know, I would, you know, I would, I would just wake up in the morning. I love the silence of writing though. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm you writing. Start, you kind of start to lose my mind. You know, I drink like 75 cups of coffee. And like, <laughs> Your stomach starts to be like, did yeah, I have food like, or water yet? What is yeah. going on? I would actually make sure this is like so, such an L.A. thing. I would find a coffee shop to go to that like I lived in the valley and I would find one to go to in like downtown L.A. Somewhere where I knew I was stuck there because I couldn't leave back on the road till after traffic. traffic yeah so i would leave like a little after traffic in the morning and i'm like i am trapped here i can't do anything but right i can't go anywhere so that would be i would literally i was like i can't leave here till like discipline. 9 p.m that's and that's what i would do so i would just like go to all these coffee shops in the you know in west hollywood or downtown i think you LA. could write a really fun um book about the creative people that you've met running yeah Um, you know but I do see you writing fiction I completely understand the depths of you know an autobiography it just doesn't thrill you you already know your story you want something that brings you joy stuff like it's like do I don't know if I want to retell it or I understand that too I understand that too I I don't have the need to like get certain things off my chest like I don't have anything bottled up like we live in a world where we can get things off our chest very very easily too much access to getting things off our chest what day (laughs) does your podcast release uh, on Wednesdays okay every Wednesday every Wednesday just the tips just the tips xo is our Twitter and our Instagram um you can find all of our links on on our Instagram, on my Instagram. My Instagram is just at Joanna Angel. My Twitter is at Joanna Angel. Um, you can find all my links on myjoanna.com. And last yeah. but not least, one quick chat. Oh. <laughs> the love of liquid death and the fact that you brought, you know, this oh, yeah, as, well. a, as a fairy, uh, what do yes. you, a water fairy. Yes, I'm a professional water fairy, yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I talk about it a lot with the environment, the fact that aluminum is infinitely recyclable and also the one thing that yep. we recycle in the United States. For So for those of you out there, you see Joanna drinking it, you see me drinking it, think about getting it for yourself and being one person that contributes less plastic to our environment. And I'm going to keep laughing with Joanna for the night. You're going to come in and see her at Sapphire 39 on October 28th. And then on that following Friday, she will be at Exotica for just one day. So you all have to get there that yeah, Friday night. Get there on Friday. And bring your books because you're going to order them from Amazon. Get there on Friday. And then we will be celebrating you. And make sure you hit that link on Joanna Angel on Instagram and donate to Joanna's running of the marathon. Thank you for joining me here Thank today. You. I'm so excited. I, I'm excited for you to teach me another A little lesson bit more football. on football. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Lisa Ann's Backstage Convo.